Hi, this is um, Plainly Speaking with Buggy and Bralador, and this is episode 9. Yeah, fantastic. Episode 9. Okay, so last episode, be, um, um, we were kind of like continuing from talking from um, the exclusivity of Jesus, but we are now answering a question, a specific question that a young guy had called me and asked me um, a couple of weeks, couple of, I think, yeah, this year, early the first weekend this year, he got like I can't remember himself. Just called and asked me, um, and he questioned brother on the fact that oh, a couple of pe- people die and never get to hear about Jesus, or people died before Jesus ever came into the scene, and um, what happens to them if anyone that does not believe in Jesus goes to hell? And we kind of like answered that in the previous episode. But I remember there was something I clearly told the guy. Um, apart from answering it, I said uh, no one is ever going to stand before God and uh, feel that uh, he's not been given a fair trial or uh, will feel cheated or feel that this is not fair. Nobody will live that way. And I said one of the things we have going as Christians, apart from the evidence that we see in Scripture about this particular thing, is that God is a righteous judge. He will judge fairly. He will judge, he will judge according, not fairly is not even the right word to use. He will judge according to his righteousness. And um, no one stands up to that. So um, basically that, that, that's what we tried to establish in the last episode. And going further, I, th- I think I was having a conversation with somebody else. And the person kind of like brought the same question in the same light. Or was more like... Uh, in the Old Testament, how were people judged? And that's what we're going to pick up from in this episode, um, especially before the law, because the person, there's this scripture, the person uh, uh, is in Romans. Romans, uh, where is five. He? Romans 5, yeah. Romans 5, where he Romans says 5, that, verse 13. Verse 13, nevertheless, nevertheless, where he talks about sin in this world, but sin is not imputed. imputed on, yeah, sin is not imputed on men. So I guess we'll just pick up from there and, yeah, and see where it goes where we go yeah so that's it okay so we'll pick up from there and I'll just read that scripture yeah um, but the scripture starts in, in NS from yeah. verse 12 verse 12 okay um, to give context to the scripture I like saying that this the whole idea of the theme that Paul was trying to address here was the legality of grace yeah if somewhere somehow in the past like everything about law has to do with precedent and yeah. so if you have lawyers amongst us, they'll tell us how when you come to the court case, you begin to reference previous court cases and previous judgments. Yeah. Because they, they kind of set the stage for what is expected. I know, I remember when the US Supreme Court recently overturned the Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Their grounds was that constitutionally, the judgment that was had, I think it was in the 40s or 50s for Roe versus Wade. Yeah. The, the problem about that judgment was that it was based on no historical data. And so they had they had no constitutional right for it to stand. And so those were their grounds. And so you see a lot of times, they kind of just go back in time and make a lot of reference to court cases and rulings. And yeah. that's why they're called the Leonard Fellows, because they kind of make a lot of stories. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and so for Paul, I believe strongly that what Paul was addressing here was Paul was looking at the precedents yeah. for why God can should what he was looking for the right of way for God to legally bring righteousness upon all men by the death of one man. Yeah. 
And so Paul was really coming from Isaiah 53, where it says he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. Now, if you go to Isaiah 53, verse 10, and 10 and 11 precisely, but if you go to verse 10, he begins to explore this theme a little further. In 10, he says, yet he pleased God to bruise him, and then spoke about the resurrection. But in 11, he says this. He says, he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. He says, by his knowledge, my righteous servant shall make righteous many or justify many. And so this servant that he says, for he shall bear their iniquities. So what is the grounds on which God has, what, on what grounds does God legally have the right to put the sin of every man on the back of one man? Yeah, because if it Isaiah 53 verse 11, the later part he says, By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. Why would he justify many? He says, For he shall bear their iniquities. It means one man will carry the iniquities of many, if not all. It doesn't make any sense. If everybody's sin is worthy of his death, so why can one man carry everybody's sin? And you know, and so Paul was addressing in Romans 5 really was the legality of grace. Yeah. And so Paul's argument there was death's grip over mankind, which has been seen from Adam down to Moses, did not come upon mankind because death had a legitimate claim to man. Yeah. That was, that was Paul's argument. So Paul says, therefore, by one man, sin entered into this world, just as one, therefore, just as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin and death reigned over all men for all have sinned. Then my Bible puts a bracket there, opens the parenthesis where it says, for until the law, sin was in the world. There's no doubt about that. There's no question about that. Yeah. But sin is not imputed where there's no law. Yeah. But if you go back to the previous initial argument, it says, therefore, just as by one man, sin entered into this world and death came in at the back of sin and thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. How can death spread to all men that all have sinned when the law had not come? And so what grounds did death have over men? Because they did not... like. It's law that imputes. He says, where there's no law, there's no imputation of sin. Yeah. If you come into my house wearing slippers, and I did not say explicitly say, don't wear slippers into this house, I cannot accost you of doing wrong. Yeah. If the first person who got a car in the world in 1895 began to drive his car, if it was possible at that point, at 60 miles an hour or 100 kilometers an hour, nobody would have stopped him and said, no police would have sanctioned him as as violating the law. Because there's no law. law. What we call traffic laws have been developed over time. Yeah. And so what Paul was arguing is, from Adam to Moses... Moses is when the law came, or God's yeah. revealed will was, was yeah. displayed. By Moses, when God's revealed will was, there was no statement of, of, of the law, so there's no knowledge of sin, although there was sin. And so why did death have the right to rest upon Abel and then rest upon Cain and upon Adam's sons and daughters and upon Seth's sons and daughters? Why did death have this right to rest upon all of them? And so that was the argument that Paul was bringing forth. And so Paul's argument here was if death found a legality or found a, a right of way to rest upon all men because of the transgression of just one man, man. 
Yeah. He says, God also has the right by the righteousness of one man to cause righteousness to rain upon all men. That was the argument Paul was trying to make. Yeah. And so I call this discourse here the discourse for the legality of grace. Yeah. Why I can stand and say, oh, one man's righteousness will make me righteous. Because the devil can come and say, oh, who tells you you're righteous? I said, yeah. oh, just the same way you could accuse me of sin. Because of one man. Because of one man. Yeah. God has the right to declare me righteous because of one man. Yeah. Do you know how bad it is? If I give birth to a child today, the child can have leukemia. That oh. child never sinned. Yeah. What gives it sin? Because leukemia is an expression of death. Every sickness, Every sickness. is an expression yeah. of death. It's an, it's like the death of an organ, death of a cell, death of something. It's an expression of death. Yeah. And so what gives death that right? Nobody is, no, no being pops up in heaven having a disease. There's no angel that comes up in heaven and has a disease. None. It's never. And so why is it happening on the earth? Because of one mass transgression. You know, and so what he was arguing was what Paul was arguing is not that God did not have a right to judge sin. What yeah. Paul was arguing was if death had a grip over all men Man. because all have because of one man's transgression, therefore also. So you go to 17 and he says this in 17. He says, For this whole discourse is amazing. One day we'll have plainly speaking about this. Yeah. But so discourses, I mean, he says, For if by one man's offense, Death reign. So he, what Paul is addressing here is death. Yeah. Paul's accusation is against death. Yeah. He says, for if by one man's offense, death reigns through that one, yeah. not through the many, through that one. Yeah. He says, much more, those who receive of the abundance of grace, or those no. who receive Jesus, Jesus. will reign in life. Yeah. Will reign in immortality, will reign in, in the release of God's life. Why? Because in verse 18, he says, For as true one man, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so true one man. So what God is talking about here, true Paul, is the legality to bring us grace by one man. You know, it's not the argument that, uh, oh, then that God could not judge from Genesis to, that God could <laughs> not judge from Adam to Nadav. That was not no, what he's no, talking no, about. Yeah, yeah. God can judge. Why can God judge? It's also earlier in God's, in Paul's argument. So whenever people pick and choose, yeah, you know, and, and that, that's the problem I, I kind of have with um, with reading in chapter and verses. Yeah. Now, chapter and verses are awesome for referencing. For referencing. I, I try to disabuse myself or disabuse my readers of chapter and verses when we are studying so that we are not um, caught up in, in new ideas at every verse. So, wow, this is a new idea I've never seen before. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's... It is in the book. It is in the book. <laughs> yeah. It's full the letter from the beginning. Yeah. Beginning, yeah. But I write, write, write a letter to me saying, Baggy, um, wash my clothes. I'll give you 50 bucks when I come back. And then somewhere down the line, it says, uh, when you are done, I'll give you rice. And then I look at it, I'm like, oh, he will give me rice. You give me rice. It's when I'm done. It's when, when I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs> see when I'm done sleeping. No. <laughs> Go back to the top and see what is there. When yeah, I'm done, yeah, what? yeah. Machine is clothed. You know, so the context is complete. Very, very complete. And so when Paul began to argue about 
when Paul began to argue about Gentiles being legitimately under sin, because that's the discourse about sin, he says, for the word of God in verse 18 yeah. is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. 19 says this, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of oh, the world, yeah. for when? Since, not in the law. But since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. So don't go back to the beginning and say, oh, they did not know what sin was. That's a bloody lie. Cain knew the presence of God more than you will ever know. Cain knew the presence of God more than we can even comprehend. Yeah. Because in the story of Cain, just after God had read out what the earth had done to him or, or the judgment of, of the earth to Cain, what happened next was oh, after he pleaded with God and God said, no, I'll put a seal on your head. If you study that clearly, it says, and Cain left the presence of God. Then Cain went, went out from the presence of Yahweh and dwelt in the land of Nob. He left the presence of Yahweh. Yeah. Cain knew his presence more than him. 1,650 years later, God was, 1,550 years later, when God was talking to Noah, God says, my spirit will not always struggle with man. That's in Genesis 6 verse. He said, my spirit will not always struggle with man. So, men knew everything that could be known about God. Let's be honest about it. Yeah. Men, you know, but then, like we said last week, um, you could always chip in whatever you want to chip in. You can yeah, always chip yeah, in. Definitely, yeah. You know, so what, what, like, what we're looking at in previous podcasts, yeah, is so what is that that could be known of God from the beginning? From the beginning, yeah. So especially the fact that um, 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 what what was God's? Uh, there was something you made um, reference to uh, where you talked about the fact that um, we have um, that God God was judging based on extremes. So you give yeah, an okay. example, yeah. So you give an example with yeah, Sodom so, and Gomorrah, and yeah. Those were the problems of God's judgment before. The problems of God's judgment before um, this thing, what they call it, before the law came. Yeah. Because you, yes, so we'll get to that point about judging the yeah, extremes. So we'll, so we'll just build up to that point. But that was the problem of God's judgment before, yeah. before, before the law came. Because we did not know how bad it was until it had to be done. Like my father, they, they, they amputated my father's leg. Yeah, and he, he came to see my dad in the hospital yeah, too. Yeah, so Yeah, I, I thank you for your friendship. <laughs> <laughs> he, he came to see my dad in the hospital, but that injury that made him amputate my father's leg took about a year to get to that point. Yeah. Now what happened was he traveled to the village, and then when he in the bus he sat down to get to the village, he sat down. My father was as tall as I am. You know, yeah. I'm just six two. I'm not really that tall. You know. And so my father sat down in the front, not like behind the driver. You know those buses that have yeah, engines at that point? Yeah, engine at that point, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that, that, was... that, that's the worst place to take a seat in the bus. <laughs> you know, I guess he was so desperate to go to the village and so he left. He took any seat. You know, and so I think the heat of the engine caused his feet to blister on that. Wow. It was a small blister at Balado. He went to the village, he was done, he came back. When my mom heard about it, because they had been consulted by that point, yeah. my mom was mad. She's like, how do you have how do you have a wound on your body and all? So she begged my dad to go to a doctor to treat him. My mom had 
paid all the bills for the because doctor was her friend, so she had yeah. paid all the bills. Whatever I could take because my father was diabetic. Yeah. My father, like, it's a small thing, it's just blisters. This blister busted. Wow. When, the, when my father found out how much my mom was paying for the treatment, he was mad. He's like, ah, for something so small. <laughs> so my father stopped going for the treatment. I told my mom to save her money. Wow. Fast forward six months later, you couldn't live in the same house with my father any yeah. six months later because the whole house was smelling. You had to consistently clean after him because whatever, that small place that became something that ate into his body. Oh. Close to a year before then, or three weeks before he died, a friend of mine went to see my dad and found out that my dad had passed out. And my father said he was dying at that, at that moment, if not for the young lady. And so we rushed him to the hospital. My father's fear was, don't cut my leg, don't cut my leg. We, after we did all the scans, we found that there was a little tread remaining. And we said, we'll keep the leg. One week later, he called and my father begged him to cut the leg. He said, I want to sleep. And so they cut his leg and my father slept for two straight days. Oh. Now, what is amazing about this is, at the point where they are cutting his leg, it feels like it was looking like a big injury. Like this was something so big that caused it. No, it was something so small. Small, yeah. But when you compare our action, when it got that bad, and when it was so small, it felt like, ah, we did not, you know, when we acted in all this situation, we were sleeping around my dad around the clock during during that period of his life. You would say, wow, this, you would almost feel as though um, we are acting on the extremes. Yeah. But we knew the extremes would happen. But my father was not going to see that. That little blister would bring him to the place where one day he would be tired of living and live the earth because my father just quit on life. Um, I, I, I believe so much that my father did not want to be remembered as a cripple or as a dependent. And my father was a proud man, very proud. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 and so it is, it is, in a sense, God always acted on the extremes. And in his judgments always on the extremes. And so we never saw where the corruption began from. We never saw how bad our states were. We only saw when he acted and he acted on extremes. And so when Cain killed Abel, so we begin from the first law yeah. in the human race. First law in the human race. When Cain killed Abel, God comes and say, says, why did you do this? You know, that the blood of your brother is crying from the earth. And when God says the blood of your brother is crying, oh, it's plainly speaking, so we can even take that time. Yeah, when yeah. God says the blood of your brother is crying from the earth, Cain says, ah, what is me? This is terrible. This is okay. You can even read it. Um, so I think we'll just read it. Um, since we're, we're sharing together, yeah. Verse 10. Okay, you can start from verse 9. Verse 9. That was Genesis. This, this is after God had begged Cain, or God had begged him, him that he should not be angry, and if he does better, he would get better. Cain did not listen to God, so you could read verse, verse 9. Okay, hold on. Let me open my Genesis 4, verse 9. Sorry, okay. Genesis 4, verse 9. Okay. So, then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know. He replied, Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Should I continue? Continue. Yeah. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you walk the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You'll be a restless wanderer on the earth. 
And Cain said to the Lord, You're getting to 15, yeah. 15, okay. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. How many people has, has God put a mark on their head? <laughs> that is how much more. That's how much Cain yeah. you got. But this is what Cain said. Cain says, you have driven me from the face of the earth. God did not drive Cain. Cain drove himself. Yeah. It's a sin that drove him. Means God had nothing to do with it. But if you realize in this interaction, God, this was the first, he did not know the consequence of this action. Yeah. He just felt he was acting in anger. He killed his brother. But there were consequences to this. And because there were consequences to this, God says, see, you are cursed from the earth. John referencing this time, John said, and God says we should love our brothers. Brothers, yeah. This is what John was saying. So John says, the message we had in this beginning is you ought to love your brother. Because when God asks Cain, where is your brother? In that very revelation of God, it shows that he's interested in human relationships. He's interested in our relationships as, as siblings, yeah. as brothers, as children of Adam. Yeah, He's that interested. And, uh, and that our the way we relate with ourselves has consequences. Like when we are related to ourselves in corruption and in, in yeah. crookedness, in iniquity, there are consequences. But then Cain did not know about this. And so Cain acted in that, in that manner. And God says, you know what? So Cain pleaded with God and God said, you know what? I'll put him seal on your head. Whoever touches you would. Now, why did Cain say I'll be a vagabond? Now, Cain was a farmer. Yeah. It therefore means that if the ground would no longer give you of her yield, the only way Cain could eat was to go and steal. Hmm. That was the only way Cain created. Cain had to go and steal. And if Cain went on to steal, what would have happened is eventually somebody would kill him. Kill him, yeah. Because he could no longer sow the ground and get off the ground. Now, this is, ah, man, this might just be my, my prolonging. So let's fast forward. This, yeah. is Cain's, this, is, this is Cain's great grandson. Great grandson or great great grandson. And so we are in four verse. Um, Okay, so I'll just read this one quickly. And Cain knew, Cain knew his wife and Cain's first child or Cain's child. These people had sons and daughters. God just, when God was giving Moses a run through yeah. the human history, God just zoomed into crucial times. Crucial times Let me yeah. just say, people always ask who the Cain married. Mary, Cain yeah. married his sister. Yeah. Cain yeah, because yeah, people always wonder that, ask, um, okay, so, so people so say, there was Adam, oh, there was God. Eve, there was... Um, there was a uh, one useless demon, lit. He said there's one lit, Lilith or something, <laughs> so, one demon like that. So, so she, she got made that from the sand. So she killed, could not bow down. Uh, so they killed Abel. So who did Cain now marry at the end of the day? Who was he afraid of? So I'll take you there quickly. Let's yeah. open. Who are still there? That's Genesis yeah. 5. You know, in Genesis 5, Four. verse, you see that Adam, f- verse, Genesis 5, verse 3, you can start from 3. Okay. Adam lived 130 years and begat yeah. his son in his own likeness. And after he begat, said, the days of Adam were 800 years and he had sons and daughters. Yeah. He had sons and daughters. That's 800 so years. Yeah, so 800 years yeah. was enough for, 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 for Kate to marry one of his sisters. The, the funny thing is, when this man lived a 900 so or so years, yeah. 
X-Men were not aging as fast as we were aging. Yeah. I believe at 300 years, he would look as though he was 30. 30. Because when you break a branch from a tree, that branch lives longer than if you break a branch from the branch that is broken from the tree. Yeah. Yeah. You get the illustration. Yeah, I get the illustration. Like if I break a, a direct branch from a tree, the sap flowing through that branch is, is more than if I break off a little branch from, from the branch that is already broken off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and so so it feels like because they were closer to the life that they just put left Eden, left Eden. It, it was long and it was vibrant. It was yeah. it was vibrant. You know, and so a a a hundred year old man and an eighteen year old girl who still look like a thirty year old man having a twenty year old woman. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Why? Because they were not aging. The process of aging is death. Even science cannot explain it. Because science says the human cell continues to reproduce of itself. And at what point does he start dying? Start dying. Does, science cannot make cannot make sense of it on the cellular level. He cannot explain that. On the cellular level, they cannot explain it. Because the human cell continues to give of itself. So they cannot explain why aging happens. Because aging is the process of death. You know, and so this is somewhere down the line. He married, he had a son, Enoch, and then Enoch had the Enoch to Enoch was Enoch so he had a son Enoch that's his son yeah. then Enoch had Ivad and Ivad is his grandson and Ivad had Mehu Jalel that yeah. is his great grandson and Mehu Jalel had Methusael yeah. that is his great great grandson and Methusael begat Lamech which is his great 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 grandson awesome. yeah and then Lamech had Jubal and um, Tubal Cain and had somebody else. But yeah. something interesting about Lamech, if you check it in um, in 22, he married two wives. So this is great grandson. Um, great grandson in the time of Adam, if I can calculate it rightly, should be about Enoch, his own Enoch. Adam's own Enoch should be a great grandson. That's about Cain's own, yeah. somewhere down the line. And so when you study, when you look at this, he had two wives. But see something interesting about Lamech. Then Lamech, this is in verse 23, 4 yeah. verse 23, he said, Lamech said to his wife, Ada and Zilam, he said, hear my voice, wives of Lamech, listen to my speech. He said, for I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. Yeah. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, because Cain was still alive. Yeah. Then Lamech, seventyfold. Seventy-sevenfold. Wow. Or seventy-seven. And so you see what happened there, because God's judgment was not revealed upon man. Men felt that God was endorsing of sin, and so what Lamech was saying was, Cain killed his brother. They all knew the history. Cain could not find Cain had a city, yeah. and so God was the king, and they found for him. And so when you look at it, it feels like oh, Cain killed his brother out of envy. God put a seal on him, Abi. This one, I killed him out of self of, of righteously. He injured me. He hurt me, so I killed him. I, I took vengeance. Cain yeah. was malicious. Man was not malicious. And so if God avenged Cain, God must avenge me. Yeah. <laughs> and so how could he have known the judgment of God? Now the funny thing about whoever he killed, whoever he killed was his brother. Yeah. They were all the children of Adam. Yeah, all children of Adam. You know, but they were not getting the message of God. They were, they continued in unrighteousness. 
And so when God gives a run through of, of that time and that season, what God says about that time and season, he says he saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of their thoughts of, of their heart was evil continually. Man had done such great wickedness and God said, I will empty the earth of man. But let me just show you this one. This one is in passing. I, we might not make a lot of reference to them in this yeah. teaching, in this speaking. In verse 28, 5 verse 28. Now Lamech lived 100 Lamech lived 182 years and he had a son called Noah and he called the name of his son Noah saying, this one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which Yahweh has caused. Now let me me throw this out to you. Notice something. Adam sinned against God, Abi. Adam sinned. You know what God said to Adam? He says the ground is caused because of you. He says, in labor you will toil to eat. That was Adam. Cain sinned. What did God say to Cain? He said, the ground has cost you from itself that it will no longer give you a fitty because it has swallowed your brother's blood. Now, Abel was crying for judgment because God is, is, is our God. Yeah. <laughs> He's our God. If Bryla slaps Jace, Jace will run to you. Yeah. Because you're our father. <laughs> and you don't know how to tell Jesus, why did you misbehave? You know, you judge it. <laughs> you say, brother, what did Jesus do? And brother says, he was playing with his food. And then you say, oh, Jesus, why were you playing with your food? And I say, brother, don't hit him like that. Tell mommy next time. Why do they run to you? Because you are their God. And so Abel was killed and he, he began to cry to God, who is our God. But what you see here is, it feels as though a man sins. And judgment is taken on man. On the, the judgment of man is meted on the ground beneath him. Yeah. Because the ground is defiled. You see this clearly in um, Numbers 35. You know, and because of the increase of iniquity, the ground became so hard. Cain killed one person. The ground said, will not give him food again. <laughs> now, Cain has to become a vagabond and a thief. And for everything Cain does, it wasn't the situation around the ground near him. Yeah. Now imagine how wickedness increases on the earth and the state of the earth at that point. It was crazy. And he said he repented God that he had made man on the earth. That's why when God destroyed the earth with flood, and then in 8 verse 20, it says Noah built an ark and then he offered the burnt offering to God of clean beasts. In 21, it says, and the Lord smelled a sweet smelling aroma. Something very curious you will see here. Then the Lord said in his heart, he did not say it out, he said it in his heart. It means Noah did not hear this. Yeah. It's only Moses that heard it because God was retelling the story to Moses. So Noah did not hear this part. So go to what um, this thing said. If you so you can go to this place, um, so you can hold your hand in Genesis six verse five. It says, "Then Yahweh saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every thought, every intent of the thought of his heart, was only evil continually." Wow! And Yahweh said, "I will destroy man from the earth." Right? Yeah. Then in eight verse twenty one, he says, "And he smelled this aroma." Then Yahweh said in his heart, "I will never again curse the ground because of man." Although the imagination of his heart is evil from his youth. For the first 1,650 years of the human race, because God did not want to met out their sin directly upon their head, 
the creation took judgment against man. The earth, the earth took judgment against man. And so once you've seen the earth will take judgment, the God will not produce for you. And it, it, but the problem with that, that, that system is because of that unregulated ju- that judgment, that system of judgment, yeah. what happened is evil will only increase because if I do bad and I can no longer eat because I can no longer sow into the ground, then I so become it, a thief. Yeah, it leads me to do more bad. Yeah. It leads me to do more bad. And the earth will keep taking more action and more action and more action. And so what will happen is you have an earth that is unlivable. Yeah. That's why Lamech named his son Noah. He said because based on what his grandfather Enoch said to Methuselah and then Methuselah, his father had told him, he said God will elevate them. And so when he gave back to Noah, Lamech said, this one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. You see that in 5.29. And so God, in, after the flood, this is a fresh start. The first thing God said in his heart, in the fresh start, is you see that my judgment or allowing the earth bring judgment on man, right? Yeah. He said, I will not allow that one happen again. Mm. Now, the man, men are still like they were before I cursed the earth. Yeah. Because in 6 5, he says, their thoughts are continually evil. God says, their thought is still continually evil. But I will no longer allow the earth to bring judgment. So what did he say in 22? You know this 22 with yeah. your life. You have heard it one million times. Is the Is the prosperity? Is the secret? 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 Is the four things that, that the, 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 it has been titled differently. A lot of times. <laughs> You see, you see the, the four permanent things. Even motivational speakers use it. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you can read, he said, he said so, so, so this was God's response yeah. to the fact that his man, man was still sinning. Men yeah. were still sinners. Yeah. Now, mind you, it, it, the scripture says, and it repented God. In verse 6, 6 verse 6, it says, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. Because of how bad the judgment for man had been on the earth, yeah. it made God grieve. And so God says, you know what? I will not take judgment like this again. He says, while the earth remains, while this earth remains, he says, seed time and harvest will not cease. Cold and heat will not cease. Winter and summer will not cease. Day and night will not cease. I told, I always say this. I say, if God did not take this decision, yeah, Seed time and harvest would have stopped. They'll stop, yeah. It was, it was about to stop in Noah's time. Cold and heat would have disappeared. Would have just had either extreme cold or extreme, extreme heat. heat. Winter and summer would have disappeared. We might have just gone day and night. Might have, it might just be night forever. Yeah. Because creation will break into itself. And so remember when Jesus was talking about loving like your father loves. He says, "For he gives light to both the righteous, righteous and the righteous." righteous yeah. This is when they did it. Oh. This is when God stepped out in mercy. But notice, once God took judgment on that earth, he began to speak to one family. Like I was just with a friend of mine. We had a study today. And I told them, God was like, oh, Noah was preaching in his generation that a man should come into the ark. I said, if we studied a little closely, 
Noah's message was not simply that men should come into the ark. Noah's message was God is about to destroy the world because of our sinfulness. That was his message. God is about to destroy the world because of the wickedness of man. And so to agree to come into the ark is to agree that you have sin. Yeah. So it wasn't just, it wasn't just, uh, it wasn't just an escape from the yes. terror that was coming. It was, it was first a repentance. A repentance, yes. To embrace the escape. <laughs> you get it? Yes. So it is not, so it is not, it, it is not a, it is not a version of kind of gospel that we give people these days. You know, like for instance, I was telling you about a, a video Fergus sent to me on Instagram of a guy testifying in a church. And let's forget uh, that, that video. But that just kind of just tells you what the situation is. Is that it's like keep your lifestyle, hold on to your lifestyle, just be attending church. Thank God for everything. Yeah, just be attending church. Thank God for everything. You don't have to change anything about how your life is. You don't have to. You necessarily don't have to combat. You understand? Just yes. acknowledge there's just, God. Just uh, be. Just have the Christian language. Uh, and the lingus. And the lingus. The Christian. <laughs> <The Christianos. laughs> you know, uh, it's, yeah. like, it's like that stuff. It's like the, it's the article you sent me today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truth, truthfully, why yeah. you realize that that it Jesus doesn't. Jesus is not begging for disciples. Yeah. It says, if you want to be my disciple, disciple. you will deny yourself. Self, yeah. You will take up your cross, cross and then follow me. Follow me, yeah. True. You know, it's not really, that, that's absolutely correct. And so, yeah. even Paul makes reference to this. When Paul was ministering in one of those nations, yeah. that's in Acts 14, when they wanted to stone him. Yeah. Him and, and that was in, it's not an Iconium. So, when he was, or Lystra, one of those places where he was ministering. Yeah. And in Paul's message to the church, to the people there, when they wanted to offer sacrifice to him and um, this guy, um, um, him and Barnabas. Barnabas, yeah. You know, and Paul began to beg and says, "Men, why are you doing this thing? Say, yeah. we are all men with the same nature as you are, and we preach to you that you should turn away from these useless things to the living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own way." Seventeen is what I want to show you. Say, nevertheless, he did not leave himself without a weakness, in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. This was when God says, For as long as the earth remains, Means, see time, time and harvest. Yeah. But what do we see? So we, we go on to God now beginning to talk to Noah because Noah offered a sacrifice. God had conversations in his heart that he did not offer altar outside. And then God looks at Noah and says, be fruitful and multiply. But then he gave the first, this is when he gave the first law. And he says, fear, the fear of you shall be upon the animals because he was setting mankind right again. Noah is mankind now. Yeah. Noah is mankind. <laughs> All the children of men on the face of the earth did not come from Adam. We came from Noah. Yeah. Uh, the generations that came from Adam, only one man survived. And yeah. that's only Noah. Noah. All of Seth's children disappeared. Only one line survived. That was um, it's not um Mahalelek or so. After that one, all of that generation disappeared. Only Jared. After Jared, only Enoch. After all the children of Enoch, only Methuselah. All the children of Methuselah disappeared, only Lamech. All the children of Lamech, only Noah. So it's only Noah. But talking about only a, a strand. A strand. A strand. So let's not uh, let's not get this thing twisted. God can lose the whole world to uphold His righteousness. Let's not get it twisted. 
let's not confuse number. God is not impressed by number. Yeah. He says, he holds the dust of the earth in the hollows of his palm. He's not impressed by number. And so just because 8 billion people might be doing wrong, God will not lower his standard for number. No. And so God began to establish the truth amongst the human race. So he was talking to Noah. But then you see what he now says. He says, every living thing, every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. So when people say, ah, God told Adam, you can only eat of the grass, the fruit of the tree, the herb of the descent. I said the tree of Adam's time is not the mango tree of today. <laughs> it then is not ca- purple, it's not cashew nut tree. You eat cashew, only cashew, you will suffer. You will be deficient of things. You eat only orange, you will die. <laughs> Those, the riches of that vegetation is not the one that we have now. Yeah. Ugu is good, <laughs> but it's not Ugu Adam was God was offering Adam as food. <laughs> it's in a little book. You will die. You have to uh... sit with their bar. If you can put flesh, put flesh. Why am I saying that? Because. He says this, he says, every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. That's Genesis 9. Every moving thing shall be food for you. He said, I've given you all things, even as the green herbs. So this is when God allowed us to eat animals. This is when Paul was referencing that all things are good for food. Yeah. This is where Paul referenced. So let's not think that Paul was manufacturing doctrine. <clears throat> if they were bad, he would have told Noah. But then he goes on and he says, but you shall not eat flesh with his life in it. And the life is the blood. He says, surely for your life blood, surely for your life blood, I would demand a reckoning. He said, from the hand of every beast, I will require it. If an animal kills a man, I will require your life from the animal. He's the God of all the earth. And from the hand of man, and from the hand of every man's body, I will require the life of a man. You must see this picture. God was talking to Noah. And the only people that were behind Noah were his three sons and their wives. This is one family, Palado. Yeah. And God was saying in verse 6, whoever sheds a man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. Mankind. And so this is when God gave a law against violence. And so we see in God, even, even if they missed the message, that's what they are listening. Even if Lamech missed what his great-great-father, great-great-grandfather Head from God. He just thought, oh, God was going to allow me to be sinning and, and just the way he protected King will protect me. Even if he missed the message, we do not miss the message. Is that there's an expectation of God upon us to love our brothers. And the second thing is that if we shed the blood of, an, of anyone from our hands, our, from a man's hand, our blood will be shed. So this is when God gave a law against violence to all the human race. Now we can fast forward to the next instance, which is no, but but you see when God destroys the earth with okay, we'll just move quickly. And yeah. um, so we're going to Genesis 19, right? And you can go to Genesis 19. And so Genesis 19 is many, many years later. This is Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Yeah. It's so amazing that um, like I always tell people, Sodom was so depraved to the point where the scripture records that um, the whole city gathered in front of Lot's house. You know, and that is, um, you could, when you get there, you it is, he begged them, says, now, before that's 19 verse 4, it says, now, be, okay, you can read the ballad. Yeah. 
That's 19 verse 4. So before they had gone to bed... But you, can, the, you continue to like say, stop here. Yeah. Okay. Don't. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. He called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of your way, they replied. The fellow man came here as a foreigner and now he wants to play the judge. We will treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on, on Lot and moved toward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness so that they could not find the door. Two men said to Lot, do you have anyone? So, 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 yeah, so yeah. We, we can stop here. Yeah. But but you know the funny thing? If you think about it, yeah. it said all the men in the city came out. All the men. <laughs> How large was that city? Nini Bay in the time of Jonah was over 120,000 people. If you do the mass of Abraham's house, Abraham had in his house over 2,000 people staying there. Oh. Sodom was a kingdom. And so, and the surrounding cities. So if we look at just Sodom, a kingdom, they were saying they should number over the tens of thousands, even not hundreds of thousands. But let's just let's, let's say tens of thousands. And they all came to sleep with two men that entered the city that night. If they wanted to have a sexual orgy outside, they could have had the pornographic scene outside the house. Yeah. They could have all slept with themselves. If all they were looking for was to sleep with one another, the whole city were there, the whole city was perverted, they could have just slept with themselves. He adds his daughters who had never known a man, give them his daughters, they said, we don't, we want those men. Ask yourself, how depraved would depravity get to look like that? Hmm. All the men of the city, they came to seek two new men. You know what Jude said about them? Jude says, who lost after strange flesh. They say, we have not slept with this type before. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they, that why people sleep with animals. That's why ladies sleep with horses and, 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 and sitting animals. They have not felt this type before. And that's where we stop on today's episode of Plainly Speaking, God's Judgment Before the Law. This was a long recording. We did it for almost two hours. So we broke it into two parts. So this is part one. And in episode 10, we would be concluding. So stick around and stay tuned for the next episode on Plainly Speaking with Baggy and Bralador. Thank you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.